When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's been an eventful week for Penn State football. Uh, there have been transfer portal happenings. There have been some coaching changes, uh, adjustments made to, to Penn State staff. And uh, I am Nate Bauer. I'm joined by Sean Fitz to talk about all of it. This is the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. Fitz. That was good. I like that. What do you what do you got what do you got cooking? What's in the crock pot? Nothing's in the crock pot. I don't use the crock pot like you use the crock pot. I actually cook stuff. So I got gumbo in the mind, man. That's all I can think about right now. It's it's gumbo season. So pretty pumped about that. (laughs) Is there a season for gumbo? Is that it's cold out? I mean granted it's a you know New Orleans dish, so it's not really cold down there, but you know, we, we get into it up here. Soup sure. season, man. Soup, soup season. season. Soup season, transfer portal season. Nobody's yeah, here to I listen mean, to us talk about the, gumbo. The portal season closes, soup season gets into full into into high gear. I mean, it's yeah. it's what we're here for. So yeah, absolutely. It's uh it it uh borders and runs concurrent to uh nap season, which is also very much in the works for team BWI. Fitz Penn State got a receiver, two receivers since we last spoke. Things things have been happening in the receivers room at Penn State. Let's just recap the news, if you will. Penn State closing out the transfer portal uh, season, I guess you could call it, strongly. Um, if you had a chance to watch, uh, me and T. Frank recapped yesterday, Malik McLean enrolling at Penn State uh, for the spring semester, which is very big. Um, we talked about that a little bit. Um, but two portal commitments at wide receiver at the biggest area of need for Penn State in a matter of days uh, after Taylor Stubblefield was let go, which, I mean, coincidence or not, that's that's something right there. Um, but uh, Penn State added McLean to the mix for spring practice this week. Uh, that is definitely a big deal because you look at what Penn State was putting out there for the spring. Cephas will be back at Kent State to finish up his undergrad degree and you know, you, you you feel good about getting him in after the spring, but that's, I mean, that's kind of irrelevant. We're talking about blue white game and thing and things of that nature. Um, so you get McLean a chance to come in and get some reps with these quarterbacks and, and do the thing alongside Trey Wallace, Keandre Lambert, Smith, those young guys, Caden Saunders, Omari Evans, Liam Clifford, the names that, you know, um, but, but he'll have a chance to, to upset some things. He, he played as a true freshman started nine games as a true freshman, Things looked great uh, for Malik McLean at Florida State. And then this year he was kind of phased out um, he, he playing behind some talented receivers and he didn't get quite the run that he wanted to get. So he hit the transfer portal and Penn State was willing to take him with open arms. This is a guy that's nearly 6'4", um, not the thickest guy in the world, but he can move. I mean, he can move around like a guy that's uh, a, one of those 6'1 receivers that you can put inside or out. Um, I think he's an outside guy for Penn State. I think Dante Cephas is an outside guy for Penn State, which gives you flexibility with the other guys, especially Keandre Lambert-Smith, which I think is huge. 
you get these guys in there, you work them with Drew Aller, you work them with uh, Bo Perbula, and all of a sudden you've got uh, you got some things cooking there, regardless of who the wide receivers coach is. As we record, T. Frank is off on Thursday, so we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. As we record it now, still no wide receiver coach for Penn State. Not much news on that front. If you are not familiar with a James Franklin assistant coaching search, the uh, search committee commis- uh, consists of one, and it does not leak too many things to the general public. Um, so we're still chasing that one. It is uh, loads of fun to cover these uh, under James because I tell you what, man, there's, there's, there's not too many leaks that come out and uh, he's he, credit to him. He does a heck of a job. We'll uh, we'll see the smoke signals right from the, uh, the Papal conservatory, right? When the decision has been made. That's exactly right. I think that's a reactor beside the Lash building, but yes, uh, we'll see something of that nature. <laughs> Not quite the Vatican. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put you in a horrible spot, but this Thanks. is fun and let's do it anyway. Uh, NC state kid that committed to Penn state and then dropped that commitment um, versus McClane. What do you make of the exchange there? Can you just kind of, how you see this uh depends they win this exchange where where do you see it you put me in a terrible spot but actually t frank and i talked about this yesterday um i devin carter would probably given you more uh immediately now we'll wait to see what malik mclean brings i mean maybe this is a guy that can step in and start right away i think he's probably uh, a second teamer right now but he's got eligibility remaining so it gives you an opportunity to see his progression and to get him to his eventual ceiling Carter was a guy that was going to come in and you were getting what you got with Devin Carter. I think he's a tremendously talented player. Penn State will see him uh, when they open the season against West Virginia. Uh, but uh, I think what you would have gotten from Devin Carter in 2023 was greater than McLean. But McLean, I think, can be the better college receiver. I think it's just going to take a little bit more time. So you look at those two and it's kind of a given give and take situation, but you do have Cephas and that's the thing to remember. I think Cephas is going to be your guy that comes in and is a starter right away. And he's able to do that. Um, but uh, like I said, I'm excited to see what McLean can bring to the table, where he's at physically compared to some of the receivers that have already been on campus and, and how quickly he can catch up and, and, and learn this system, uh, get on the same page with the quarterbacks. As I've mentioned, I, I think I've said that four or five times. I, I don't think I can understate how, important that part of it is to to you know sort of immerse yourself in the culture immerse yourself in what Penn State's trying to do on offense and then get you know on the same page with uh, which would with both of those quarterbacks so I'm excited to see his uh, progress and like I said he's got time to make it work uh, T Frank and I were com- comparing it to Johnny Dixon where the expectations for Malik McLean aren't to come in and, and start right away aren't aren't to come in and catch eight touchdowns or, or something like that, like, like you're hoping maybe Cephas can do as a more experienced player. They're hoping to bring him in. Uh, he was a, me- a member of the class of 2020, I believe. I'm, I'm spacing on that, or uh, the class of 2021, excuse yep. me. So it gives you time to get out. And, and we said that coming into the portal season is watch that class of 2021, the group that didn't get a chance to get out and visit and do all the things that everybody else did. Those guys are you could find a guy that was maybe looking for a change of scenery and they found that in Malik McLean. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point, but I, is in some sense, is that a, a miss, I guess, for Penn state, just given the immediacy of its needs at receiver, or do you see the room as that that's okay. I mean, you just, you take what you can get at this point and try to fill the needs as best as you can. I think it's okay because you got one of your top guys in Cephas and, um, 
you know, I, I think taking a second tier guy. Now, if we're having this conversation between, we said it last week, Tyrone Broden and uh, Devin Carter, uh, you know, I felt much better about Carter than I did about Broden. I kind of feel the same or better about McLean, given what he has to offer on the back end. So I think that it's a heck of a rebound for Penn State in terms of, uh, you know, trying to fill out what they're they're looking for. Um, getting two guys that would come in as starters, especially with Wallace there and, and Lambert Smith there, um, I think is is a tough ask um, because it's 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 something that has kept guys away, you know, in the portal right. this offseason is there's not too many slots to go around and guys don't not not saying guys don't want to compete. Some guys don't want to, you know, some guys don't want to compete, but not it's very tough to sell one open job to two guys that can yep. know, potentially take that. So Maybe a, a month ago, we were we were thinking about the, you know the, the 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 household names that kept popping up with Cephas, with Dante Thornton, uh, Caden Prather. Maybe you, you get the right combination of those guys, and it's one thing. But I mean, from where Penn State was even a week ago, you know, a week yeah. and a half ago, um, we felt that they were going to get Cephas, but you weren't sure what they were going to do with that second uh, slot. And now that they've gotten McLean, who you know has size, has speed, has some production, not as much production as you were probably looking for, but some production. Um, I kind of put him in that same boat with Romello Brinson, who they brought in, but he does have more production than Brinson uh, from Miami, who just committed to SMU. Um, so, I mean, as as for I, you know, you know, I call him a fallback option because they just went in the portal last week. But compared yep. to what we had expected the entire time, this is this is a really good place to land for Penn State. Now I think they're going to still look for guys just because you know as we mentioned Cephas won't be here until after the spring and you've got the opportunity to go out and evaluate guys Gary Bryant from USC is a guy that they're looking for or a guy that they're looking at and hoping to get on campus this spring. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with a new receivers coach. Maybe he's got some connections with, with some other people. So I don't yeah. think they're done looking at wide receivers probably just going to end up with two you know in the in the long run. But I don't think they're done looking at wide receivers in the portal or, uh, you know, they're going to look at the positions that we had talked about before to fill some gaps on that roster. Yeah, not not the only movement uh, in. Right. There's also some movement out. Wait, right? I, I know. No, 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 no. This is a, this was all me so far. So we're going to get into your wheelhouse because we talked no about wheelhouse. this on the show yesterday. They got him in for the spring semester. That, oh, yeah. That didn't happen a year ago. That didn't happen <laughs> prior to the administration change. What are your thoughts on that? And, and the big picture, this is, you, you write about the big picture stuff and yeah. uh, you know, everybody getting on the same page and everything. So I'm going to turn it back to you before yeah. we move on to the next, the next segment. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's big for sure. I look, I think some of it is still there. I mean, I'll say that. I, I don't think that it, this is a, um, the bureaucracy is big. The machine is big. And so there are certain things that remain when it comes to just, you've got these different arms, right, uh, of, of university. And when I say different arms, I mean like 200 of them, right? And so uh, admissions is certainly one of them, uh, getting people to act with urgency in, I, I'm going to, call it like the civilian world, right? So you've got normal people who do normal things with the vast majority of Penn State students, right? So you got 45,000 kids or 45,000 students-ish, uh, of which 850 are, are student athletes. So it, it's just, a, it's such a small fragment and segment of 
what they actually deal with on a day-to-day basis in terms of like how this works, right? Would, would this be how they would operate for other students? And the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. And so we've seen it for years and years and years that it has been a challenge to reconcile that, to, to get there to be a different standard and more of an impetus of urgency to, to get people in. Right. And so I think that that has been long been uh, a frustration of James Franklin and not limited to him. Right. I mean, there are other programs at Penn State who have been under the same circumstances, especially in the area in the era, I should say, of the transfer portal where it's like it's quick. It's quick. And Penn State's the fact that Penn State's semester has already started and it's not the end all be all that it immediately cuts that window off is a win. It's a win for Penn State because it creates some more flexibility where they can get a kid in. And, uh, you know, where again, we're recording on Wednesday, the kids at class, right? Like he's he's in, he's taking classes on Wednesday. So yeah. that transition to be able to, to make that work. Yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction for Penn State and something that Pat Kraft and Neely Bendapudi, those people uh, will all have to continue to to take steps right in terms of getting those other branches of the campus colleges majors like all of that stuff it it seems so far away from what we talk about on the daily of like football right but it's it's relevant it all comes into play uh and the things that penn state has traditionally struggled to really acclimate to right and i think pat craft huge part of that because you know, this is a guy that wants to win football games and I'm not saying the people before him didn't, but like he puts more of an emphasis on what it will take to win football games. And I know you're a basketball guy. I know there's people that listen that are wrestling fans, hockey fans, um, a ton of sport, you know, a ton of sports at Penn State. But football as the cash cow has been, you know, the one that has looked to steer the ship for a long time. And I think they're moving that direction. I think Pat Kraft is is really, really falling into that. Yeah, and and I, I think the the important addendum to that is football football can steer the ship, and it will still help those other sports. Like it will, like if if those if progress is made in those departments for football, it will trickle down. Like it will it will end up ha- being of benefit to uh, things like men's basketball, who who you know look they have to do, go through the same things. They have to find portal guys and uh, bring players in and do it on different schedules and timelines. And there needs to be a certain level of flexibility, not like, Hey, let's eliminate all standards to be able to get in anybody. It's not that it's look, there, there has to be a give and take. There has to be a little bit of wiggle room to, to make things work, especially when some of these guys very obviously like fit the mold of, of what a Penn state student athlete is otherwise. Right. So, right. Do you think Pat Kraft was going to chase down the ref from the Wisconsin game that called the charge the other night? <laughs> I don't think he was there. I don't think oh, he okay. went to this one. I don't think he went to this one. But hey, you know, it happens all the time, right? Naismith Award candidates always get charge calls against them at, with under a minute to play. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Oh, how about that? Jaden Dot in the portal. Okay. Um, speaking of which, segue. Speaking of which, so four players in the portal moving out. Uh, let's start with Jaden Dotton. What do you, what do you got there? Uh, that's, that's been one who we've been waiting for, for a while in terms of, uh, figuring into the mix at wide receiver. It just didn't seem to happen. This is a guy that's battled a lot of injuries, like not, not big things, but he's battled a bunch of piling up injuries, um, you know, over the long haul of his career. Started one game last year, and that was a sense of, or that was a, a a result of Parker Washington getting getting hurt on a punt return before the first drive. So he he got in there, started the game, and you know that was pretty much all we saw of Jaden Dotton. So not a huge surprise, excuse yeah. me, not a huge surprise that he's out. The the ones that we have on the paper to talk about, um, instead of a, just getting a text from Greg Pickle, um, Kevon Lee. I think that's the interesting one. Um, you know, you reported, did a little reporting on this. Kevon's not coming back. You know, he's, it's a situation where Penn State's moving into the spring with uh, two scholarship running backs with uh, Cam Wallace and uh, London Montgomery set to arrive after the spring, summer, um, what have you. Um, so that's that's going to be a, a thin, thin ice situation in the spring. And Penn State hasn't gotten a portal guy. Um, I, I, I've been saying it the entire time. Kevon was such a wild card, like, we didn't think he would be back, but he kept leaving these clues that he might be back. So you kind of think, okay, maybe he's past that and maybe he's coming back and it just wasn't the case. So um, to get some clarity on the situation, I think is a good thing for, for everybody really. Yeah. He, uh, I think it was a difficult spot, right. For a lot of people Um, for Penn state, you're trying to manage expectations. You're trying to get players, uh, Devin Ford included right. Who are used to one thing and uh, have to swallow uh, a certain amount of uh, humble pie. Right. I mean, you, you, you have goals, you have aspirations as a player and certainly with the amount of success that he had initially as um, you know, a true freshman during the 2020 season and then um, to, to back it up and be kind of the leading carrier last season for Penn state uh, two two freshmen come in and, that like that was kind of it. I mean, he he really disappeared after the Auburn game. I think he got hurt in the Auburn game. He appeared maybe. Um, I guess he came in in the Northwestern game, but never played again after that. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think it was it was tough for him to handle. It was something where Penn State is very, and you know this, James Franklin and Penn State, and the standard that they're trying to set is one of selflessness of like team first. And uh, if, if, if you do, it's, it's almost like the, the uh, thing that, that basketball coaches say about shots will go in. If you're playing defense, the way that you need to play defense, right? If you fall into your role at it in the football program and maximize what you're doing within that construct, good things will happen for you is, I mean, that's the message that's pounded over and over and over again, but you get it right. Some of these guys uh, don't, they don't want that. Right? They, they have higher goals for themselves and they have higher things that they want to do. And it's, it's tough for them to kind of wrap their heads around it. And so certainly no surprise. I don't think that, um, that Kevon Lee wasn't able to, uh, you know, wasn't interested in maintaining that role and seeing that thing play out. Yeah, I mean, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen 
or studs, like true freshmen, younger guys, uh, a little bit more dynamic in, in that matter. I like Lee as a back. You know, I think he can go mm-hmm. somewhere and have a lot of success. Um, but uh, it's going to be tough get, considering where the room is at this point. So I, I, I agree with you um, that the opportunity is is brighter for him elsewhere. You look at that running back room, and of course, Devin Ford left midseason. Kaziah Holmes left preseason, and now you're yeah. left with two scholarship running backs waiting for two freshmen to arrive. And that, and, and it goes back to what we said about the portal. It's not an easy sell either. I mean, you got to find a guy that's content with being in that role, and that is very tough, especially at that position um, where guys have been the number one their entire life. You know, that's yep. uh, really tough to overcome. So. Um, it, it's on the coaching staff to, to figure out what they have to do. Um, what, if they can find a guy that's, uh, you know, c- can slot in there and play a couple different positions. May, I, I don't know how they're going to handle it, to be honest with you. I um, just, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be this every other year. That's just the reality is every other year, right. They're going to try to bring in two at a time for the most part, I think. And right. you're going to have situations where, um, it's, it's a lot like, the quarterback position it just there's one ball and Penn State is committed like that's the interesting caveat to me is Penn State is committed to playing at minimum two running backs and really three like they will find a role for that third running back whether it's kickoff returns uh, or in the passing game what have you but that third running back, like they want to take miles off of these guys legs and so like that is an important part of what Penn State's perspective is but you can also understand the other side of being dissatisfied with that wanting to be the feature back and going from there. Yeah. And, and you look at the two guys that they're ringing in cam Wallace, can he play right away? I mean, he's skinny. He's 170 pounds, I think. Um, and then London Montgomery coming off an ACL. Um, so that's, that's going to be tough for one of those guys to break in, especially when, you know, the gap is so big and, and I don't think we're talking about those guys eating into any snaps for the, the guys in front of them. It's, you know, yeah. God forbid an injury or something like that. And that's a position that, that goes through a lot of, wear and tear. So you got to keep yourself covered for that. If you're Penn state, um, probably something to look at in the spring portal. If you can find a guy that can, you know, be reliable and, and be willing to play a role. That's a, that's a good thing. Almost has to be a guy that you've had a relationship with. And, and Jay Wansider recruits a ton of running backs and a bunch of running backs that you never hear of because he's a developer. Uh, he's developing uh, relationships with all those guys, uh, especially down in Florida. So we will see what happens uh, with Kevon Lee out. As you mentioned, he's not coming back. Uh, Marquise Wilson not coming back. This is something we talked about um, leading up to the Rose Bowl um, on his, on the site of BWI. He's going to graduate at the end of spring, which is awesome. Um, the, again, that room is significantly different than when he came in. You know, he he came in and it was talented. Now with Joey Porter gone, you know, it's it's still pretty talented. You look at Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, and Storm Duck. You're looking at those three to be the three guys. Um, so I think. Marquise Wilson, who can be a, an FBS starter, I believe, um, is going to go elsewhere. Very interesting to watch uh, West Virginia try to load up on Penn State portal guys. They got Fatoma Moba last week. They offered Marquise Wilson. They offered Jamari Budden, who also went into the portal. Um, so I guess that's uh, uh, Neil's plan, Neil Brown's plan, to uh, face Penn State with multiple Penn State players on his roster come 2023. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt, right? Get, get all that... Uh playbook inside info and i mean remember when uh johnny Patricia, uh, right? yeah right before the pit game yeah for sure yeah we'll put that did did you see the, the halftime adjustment stuff with uh peyton manning this week speaking I sure of did. 
speaking of over overcooked storyline things like that I, sh- I sure did things that don't exist halftime adjustments but yeah it's fantastic it's fantastic but anyway Kevon Lee out Marquise Wilson out Jamari Budden out as we record Jaden Dotton out um the portal is supposed to close on the 18th which is the day that we're recording but this all goes through comp- compliance I believe they have a two-day buffer um where if you get your stuff in by today and they don't get it out until Friday I guess um at a certain time um, then they should be fine. Uh, you, you could still see guys come out on Thursday and Friday, although the, the numbers have pretty much gotten themselves where they where they need to be. So, Nate, big question. Yeah. Was this no. total season a win for Penn State? This is my question to you, not know. you to me. Yeah, you're stealing things from me. Uh, also, just so that we clarify this, you're not expecting anybody else in to Penn State. Uh, th- there's a couple of guys that I would watch. Oh, like you mean into in this, Penn State? Like into okay. Penn State? I was talking about potentially entering the portal. Still, uh, right. no, no. I think they're they're pretty well set. I mean, it was it was towing the line and going be, be, you know beyond the line to get McLean in. Uh, yeah. So anything after that would be very very surprising. Um, so no, uh, you could still okay. see a, a guy for Penn State go in, and Dotton was one of those guys that we were watching. Um, so not a big surprise there, but uh, it's kind of where we're at at the end of the cycle. And, you know, there's guys that want to still get their degree. Marquis, like I said, Marquis Wilson's going to get his degree in the spring. Um, he'll be able to grad transfer. And, you know, not that that really matters all that much anymore, um, but uh, it's kind of this, the scenario that you see yourself for these guys that are entering after the semester starts. Right. So with that in mind, Fitz, do you think this was a win for Penn state in the transfer portal this season? I like I mean, how you just bumped question. that one back down. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was very nice. Um, you know, I, I think it was a great rebound. Uh, in terms of being a win, you were setting out for what? Two receivers, a defensive tackle, a corner, an offensive tackle, a running back. Offensive tackle and running back because of the restrictions on how you can sell that to a player with a start with, with no starting jobs open, uh, very yeah. tough to come by. So I, I'm, I'm just kind of wiping those things off. They got their corner defensive tackle is one that I think that they're going to continue to scrape at. And they just haven't had a lot of luck. There's not much out there. The guys that they did go after um, went elsewhere. I think they only got Davon Sears in for an official visit. He ended up at Oklahoma. Uh, a couple of other guys, um, Branson Dean went to Miami. Uh, both Royd went to uh, where'd he end up? He, the, he ended up elsewhere. Um, but uh, also, yeah, the guys that they were going, sorry, it's been a long portal season, man. Um, but uh, yeah, but, but when you compare it to what they lost, uh, they lost Fatorma mobile to West Virginia, uh, Christian Bayer to, to Pitt, Rodney McGraw to Louisville, uh, Davon Townley, they lost back to themselves. Uh, because he, he left and came back around Jeff Davis to Stony Brook Malik McNeil still not found anywhere and then those four that we just mentioned that just went into the portal um, you're feeling pretty good about that I mean the the lack of attrition has been uh, kind of staggering in that you didn't lose major snaps Kevon Lee had 68 uh, regular season snaps last year there 22 Mulba 31 uh, Rodney McGraw, I thought he played, but I didn't find any snap counts. And Budden played 52 snaps um, during the regular season. I mean, that, if you compare it to what other programs have lost across the country, yep. minuscule compared to all that stuff. So um, that's a win in keeping that together. I wrote about the culture a couple of weeks ago. I still, you know, Penn State feels pretty good about where they stand. And then they gained Dante Cephas, uh, Malik McLean, Storm Duck, 
um, which are three guys that, if not starters, can push for starting jobs. Riley Thompson can be a starter, the punter. And then Alex Falcons can also push for that job um, you know, as a place kicker. So running five guys, probably a little lighter than you'd like to be given the the situation at defensive tackle. You'd like to find a guy that could come in and, and help you stop the run. Um, but I, I think it's a pretty good uh, finish. I'll say that. I don't know if it was a a, a resounding win overall, but a pretty good, uh, you know, November type win for Penn State. Yeah, I thought I thought they would be, uh, and you know, it's it's hard to to wrap your head around exactly what's out there, but I I, I thought maybe the the receiver position would be all out <laughs> and i mean i guess it was like to a certain it, extent i mean it wasn't, it went all it wasn't out. All. i'll say that yeah. yeah just didn't didn't necessarily land the highest end of what they were looking for is that fair is that not i mean fair? Cephas, Cephas was in the top tier and then you know you you could argue mclean was in a, you know a little bit lower um you know given the combinations that they could have brought in like that they got close to bringing in pretty ideal um what they ended up with but i'll but i will say you know you're looking at four top tier guys you get one of them which is great but you, that means three have gone elsewhere and right. for the longest time we played this cycle of penn state wants this guy this guy not really feeling it going down south you know checking out other schools you know nil keeps popping up and things like that so like the way that it played out was I don't want to say excruciating. Um, I didn't yeah. enjoy it particularly well or particularly all that much. Um, but, uh, you know, the way that they rebounded at the end, just all just in one fell swoop, just uh, getting two guys in a couple of days is pretty impressive considering yeah. what uh, the, the way that they were able to get it done. So I'll go with I'll go with that great rebound. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I haven't talked. I, I talked a little bit to McLean the other day and he was not interested in talking, but uh, Cephas was not interested in ta- talking. I'm very curious what the sell job was at the end for Cephas to get across the line without a receiver coach. And then McLean as well, um, definitely getting across the line without a receivers coach. That That's basically to me, and this is how we've seen it in the past, that that's James Franklin going to them and saying, you just got to trust me on this one. Like he's right. not going to tell who it is just trust me on this one. And you know, that's, uh, that's, that's a good sell for him. Yeah. Uh, I do, I do want to mention uh, only because I wrote about it the other day and I think that it's relevant and important uh, that Falcons pickup could end up being like very significant, I think yeah. for this team. Um, I, I was able to catch your interview with him. Uh, just seems like a guy who fits that Barney Amore mold a little bit, right? A guy who's been productive previously and has an opportunity to compete this year and win a job uh, and very much intends to do so. What? What's so funny? No, he's got the Barney Amore personality. I mean, he's the Ivy League yeah, nerd does. personality. Yeah. yeah, and it's great. And, and I <laughs> love talking to Alex Falcons. He was great. And I love talking to Barney Amore when he was in, in uh, as a recruit so yeah. or as a transfer. So. Um, yeah, maybe that's a, that's a good parallel and, and hopefully can do it. I mean, it's, it's all about consistency with him and it's all about consistency with Sahadak and, and Riley Thompson. And, you know, th- those are battles to be won in the spring. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't know which way they're going to go, to be honest with you, because those, those two kids phenomenally talented, just not there from a consistent standpoint. It's, it is wild to me. And, you know, this is somebody outside looking in very obviously, but the, the number of times that James Franklin talks about 
kick direction and being the kick the ball through the end zone, like, like just kickoffs. It, it seems so simple. And so matter of fact, but uh, it, it just, it's a repeated point of emphasis. I mean, I, I really think that the program under his direction, like it, it's not just an emphasis. It is, it is huge to them in terms of, uh, you know, not that this is a surprise, but like that starting field position thing, right. Is he, he they, they, they see the analytics, they see the data, that reflects, hey, starting field position is such a huge indicator of teams that win and lose football games. And so when it's not there, when that piece of consistency isn't there on kickoffs, like we're, we're not going to know it. Like from the press box, I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. I don't. I, do. <laughs> I don't know yeah. it when they've kicked it to the wrong place. But when they kick it to the wrong place, uh, regardless of necessarily how much the return is, it's still it's still this like major point of emphasis for Penn state and getting it right. And certainly they're going to try to, uh, to address that this offseason. Your, your best coverage team is the coverage team. that doesn't have to make a tackle. Like that's, <laughs> that's flat out like, and that's not just kickoff. That's punt. Like it's directional kicking and, and things of that nature. So, um, you know, it all starts right there. And if they can get that done, you know, if you like starting at the 25 is, you know, it'd be great to go down and make a tackle at the 16 every time instead of starting at the 25. But starting at the 25 gives your defense a familiar set setup spot. You know, it gives you the, the you know, it gives you a, a sort of uh, you can fall in as a coach to the same down a distance, the same kind of thing. Um, whereas if you're tackling him at the 16 one time and you tackle him at the 35 the next, that changes the way that you have to 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 start your defense for that drive. So, yep. um, you know, while it's not ideal and it used to be the 20 and the 20 was great um, and everybody loves those tackles where Dom DeLuca, you know, fires down there and gets him at the 16, the consistency of starting at the 25, you ask any football coach, you know, they, yep. they would love to consistently start at the same spot or have their defense start at the same spot. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, I'll, this is a brief aside, but I will never forget Ohio state and urban Meyer uh, at Beaver Stadium, kicking to the one-yard line. This was before the fair catch rule change, but kicking to the one-yard line on these high kickoffs, uh, you know, very intentionally just neutering Penn State's offense because they kept them inside the 20-yard line basically for the whole game. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, newcomers on campus. Last topic, Fitz. Um, you know, obviously the early enrollees, most of those guys are here. Now they are all here. Um, what, what are some of the early impressions? I know you did a little bit of digging on that. Yep. Feeling pretty good about the corner room, even without Joey Porter, um, because of what's coming in there. Storm duck, um, impressive in his initial testing, uh, not the fastest guy for a straight line in the world, but I think he can fit into that room athletically. And, you know, it's a situation where you've got, um, you know, storm duck, Kalen King, Johnny Dixon as your three starters. Penn State loves to play with three starters, and that's taking Daquan Hardy out of the equation, who's at nickel, which is kind of a different position for them. Um, so you've got three starters to work with there. And then beyond that, you feel pretty good about Cam Miller. And then all of a sudden, Elliot Washington shows up on campus. This kid is something, man. Athletically, uh, just the build. I, I, he's one of those guys. And, and we say this kind of tongue in cheek because it's, it's, it's funny when we do, but some of those Florida guys are just built different. Like, <laughs> and I think Elliot Washington is one of those guys and a really a, a forgotten member of this class because of how it, you know, he was committed to Bama, yeah. but it was pretty apparent. He was not going to end up at Bama. It looked like he was going to end up at either Michigan state or Penn state. 
ended up at Penn State, uh, big Terry Smith fan in terms of his production, uh, you know, his, the way that he is able to, um, you know, get guys to get, get the most out of their ability and just never really heard from him again. Didn't come up for visits, didn't go anywhere else for visits. And Penn State was like all over the place, uh, you know, with some of the guys that Penn State was tracking were all over the place. Um, you know, remember Hussey and Mac and all that stuff. And we lumped Elliot Washington in there because he's a Florida guy, but there was very limited to no drama with Elliot Washington. He was ready to get here. And I think he's one of those guys that's ready to get in and just get down to business and like business trip mentality type guy. And he's got athleticism to back that up. He went sub four five and he's uh, a guy that looks like from, from a body standpoint can play right away. Um, is he ready to hop Cam Miller? I'm not sure. You know, we've heard good things about Cam Miller's, but uh, I'm encouraged by that, especially with Wilson leaving. We knew Wilson was leaving. Um, but uh, encouraged by where Penn State stands in its top five slots um, at uh, at its outside corner positions. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt that could be a a little bonus to get more out of that initially than you uh, necessarily expect. I know you had a, cu- a couple more notes here. I think uh, maybe Rojas and, and Birchmeyer are guys that uh, you're keeping an eye on. Yeah, Penn State was very good in Virginia, and two of those guys uh, from Northern Virginia are. Impressive athletes. Tony Rojas, we know. I mean, this is nothing earth shattering. Uh, we talked a little bit more in depth in our piece uh, that ran earlier this week. You should definitely check it out. Um, but Tony Rojas size athleticism combo, pretty special in terms of what, uh, you know, he brings to the table. He's going to have to add some weight. He's still not over 200 pounds, but he's, he's going to have to get there. And then Alex Birchmeyer, uh, the guy that we've labeled as an interior guy the entire time. I think Penn State's has talked about starting him at tackle and uh, the wrestling I think shows through um, in terms of his arrival, his strength, his agility, the things that, that he has to work with. And I think he's a guy when you're comparing him, I know Javen Williams was a five-star in our rankings this week, but when you're comparing him to, to Javen Williams, Anthony Donka, definitely see Birchmeyer um, getting to the field fairly quick, you know, in, in a quicker manner than those other two. Yeah. And that's, that's uh this is way off and we have a lot of time to talk about it, but I mean, do you see any of those three guys, like just given the nature of Penn state's depth chart there on the offensive line as, as being in a position to break through right away. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Penn state's bringing back a tackle and I think it's pretty apparent why Penn state wants to find a guy that's maybe, maybe could be a fourth guy, you know, you're losing yeah. Bryce Efner who, you know, wasn't going to start for you at the end of the, or at the beginning of the season, but by the time that the November rolled around the Rose Bowl, he was a starter for you. So you're going to go through offensive tackles. You got Olu back, obviously. Uh, you got Caden Wallace coming back. You got Drew Shelton coming back. Are you comfortable with Jimmy Christ as your number four? I don't know. I think Alex Bershmeyer can going to be pretty damn good. So um, so I, I think he can press to to make his way in there. He's been an interior, you know, he's been projected as an interior guy. I'd love to see him as a center eventually, but he has the size, he has the length to play. Um, at offensive tackle. So I think that Birchmeyer, given everything that we know about him, given w- what we've seen from him on film, certainly has an opportunity to slide into that. And while that might not mean he plays and 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 gets through that four game threshold, uh, five game with the bowl threshold, um, and and maybe keeps a red shirt, I think he could play. Like I think he's, I think yeah. he's a very exciting prospect that that could seemingly play early for Penn State. Sounds good. I think that's it. We, we've we've run through the time allotment, and there is there are nine months to talk about Alex Birchmeyer uh, cracking into the the two deep on Penn State's offensive line. So with that, 
don't expect any huge breaking news between now and the next time we chat, but it's been great. Fitz, please subscribe. Oh, breaking news. No, you're right. Well, I, I mean, there should be a, well, maybe there's going to be a wide receiver coaching hire. I, we'll see. We'll see. It's uh, certainly a point of uh, major, major interest. Everyone wants to know. Um, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit like, subscribe, do all the stuff that you can set alerts. If, if you can leave a comment, please leave a comment. We would love to interact with you. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple podcasts, always please leave a review. Uh, anything that you could do in terms of your interaction there helps us and, uh, it is greatly appreciated. And then very obviously, if you have not checked us out at on three, uh, we are blue white illustrated at the on three network. Uh, Check us out. It is $30 between now and the end of August for all of our insights, inside information, uh, everything that fits, and Ryan Snyder bring to the table, and Greg Pickle and myself. And T. Frank, who is behind the boards, uh, knocking it out of the park as always. So please check us out uh, if you haven't already, and we will catch you guys next week.